Sip and Listen, the podcast meant to inspire, challenge, and empower collaboration while taking big actions. With your host, recruiting genius, Jennifer Rojas, credit master, Valerie James, beauty maker, Christina Wurtz, the man in action, Rob Actus, and the lover of all things marketing, Elisa Lane. Hey, hey, good morning. Jennifer, are you there? Hi, I am. Wow, Can you hear me? Yes, sounds like traffic's gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm trying to I'm trying to remember that somebody is probably having a worse morning than I am. Maybe. So or a better one. Any, any, anyone who would back up? No, I think if you if you back up the 101, you're probably having a pretty bad morning. Mm-hmm. So, yep. And then patience never being a virtue. I thought I'll pull, you know, I'll I'll do a workaround. And <laughs> so, so here I am tooling along, but on my way to you. Right, How was, are you? I'm good. I was hoping to lean on your finance skills today. Oh, well, you'll get 45 minutes of in-person financial skills, although I don't know how strong they are anymore. Why is that? Well, we have two amazing guests in the finance industry today. We have Jimmy I Rojas from the... What's that? No, Rios. 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 Oh, my gosh. I know. We, we made the joke that it was close to my name, but it's not. I think I'm trying <laughs> to switch it so I can actually have both of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <You're like> <laughs> and we have John Hurt, too, from the... Say it again. What's the from finance? The Rios Financial Group. Rios Financial. Yeah. And you also have the Rio Ride? Yeah, we have Rio Ride also. All yeah. right. And you've got something else too, the Credit Suite? Yeah, it's called Elite Credit and Financial. And then there's something else too. Well, it doesn't kick off until March. It's our airline. Okay. Yeah. So kind of busy. <laughs> Every day. Yeah. Never a dull moment. So how about you, Jimmy? What? How did you get involved in all this? Oh, Looks man. like you have a background in finance. I do. I go about 20 years back in the in the finance industry um but you know with just how the waves of life come along and their brain comes through the door and his name is john hurt and we we hit it off and we start masterminding and talking and just throwing ideas around and and it was a beautiful thing you know we uh, we we hit it off and we started working together and really um started putting some thoughts into some ideas that I had um, work, been working on for a couple of years, and it was a perfect storm, and here we are. Why the finance service industry? It's a need. It's something that everybody um, has to go through, whether they like it or not. Everybody has to deal with credit in some form or fashion, um, financing in some form or fashion, mainly in the, the typical side is, you know, you need a car to get to work. You need a house or an apartment, you know, to live. And a lot of times these are the big variables that, you know, encompass a big part of your, your uh, income ratios. And so if you're spending a good part of your day at work and then you get paid and a lot of that money is going to go to high interest because of bad credit, we figured, well, what if we could find a way to educate and get people the credit they do need and then get them the other peripherals and other things that they need um, at a much better, you know, finance rate. So it, it came from that. It came from really um, 20 years of being in the business, talking to people, having gone through my own struggles in, you know, when I, I lost everything in 2009 from the, the debacle of, of the mortgage and banking industry and had to restart and try to find how I'm going to survive because it was it was tough. It took me ten years to 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 battle through everything and get back on on top of the mountain. Um, 
and there there was I didn't have anybody that could help me, so I had to do I had to go in and really um, deconstruct everything, start over, and um, little by little I, I mean I was doing it, but I would take notes and I and I wrote a book on on how to. Get I noticed credit. that the yeah. decoding was it. Decoding the mysteries of business credit. Business credit is a whole nother monster that people just don't venture to get into yeah. because it's mm-hmm. there's so many things that go behind it. So if you can, if we can master your personal credit, right? There's no reason why we can't go into your business credit and help you not put all that liability under your personal credit. We could put it under your business. And it could, we're in a we're in a society now where um, the millennial generation is starting to do all these side hustles, right? You got I love people, it. People driving, people. Yeah. They're they're, mm. they're starting to find that the traditional nine to five is not working for them mm. because they're not making the money they need. So you got you know graphic artists, you got you know, Fiverr and all these people working from home or doing things on the side, but they don't know how to structure that business. That's a business. So do you come in on the educational side? for millennials or is that something that millennials is, is just one one piece of it this encompasses every um generation it doesn't matter if you're young or old. i'm just saying the millennials started doing a lot of the you know the the side hustle work and um, how do you come in and educate well we do it through different uh mediums i mean we we do um lunch and learns we do podcasts you know different things like this where we're um, working with companies we're working with uh, the individual consumers we're, we're looking for different avenues to be able to educate um, I think with social media now it's a little bit easier to be able to do some of these things um, so we're looking at, at venues we're looking at doing monthly you know uh, lunch and learns where people can come and and take a little bit of, of the the nuggets of information that we have um, and hopefully we can you know be there my motto is we're, we're your partner in progress and that's what we we strive to do it's not just sell you a product or a service because anybody can do that right um, the reality is if you come and sit with us we're gonna we're gonna sit down with you and go through a blueprint of how to get you from point A to point B to point C and sometimes you got to go to the basics you know really break it down the way I did for myself break it down and say okay what's step one Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then it mm-hmm. gets a little bit easier to understand the process flow of being able to get to where you want to go. How long does the process usually take? Well, I mean, in, in what we call the credit revitalization program that we have, which is called CreditSweep.Credit, mm-hmm. it's uh, usually about a 21-day program. Um, and it, it encompasses being able to come in, um, sweep all your negatives, and uh, you'll be getting the letters from the bureaus showing the deletions of those items by the usually the the third or fourth week and there's been some hiccups in the systems you know and sometimes it'll take a little longer but not much more i mean we're we're talking a pretty quick turnaround um the way we do things is a little bit different from your traditional credit repair companies um that are out there many of them are based on a membership type of basis um so it's a business in keeping you enrolled in a program for as long as they can um we work on a, a set of ideals where we want to help you um, make that transition as quick as possible. The faster that we can get you uh, with a good foundation, the faster we can get you to the next step, right? So now we can get you into your car, your home, or, or your business, you know, if you need a business loan or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it's a, a progression. And if we're keeping you in this credit loop for six months or a year, 
we're not getting to the next level. It takes a while. And we have ways to be able to take somebody that you don't have to go the traditional two years in business to be able to get the funding that you need to be able to get your business off the ground. We have the ability to be able to shorten that time frame, you know, and very quickly to be able to get your concept and idea off the ground, but it starts with credit. And so, so you're saying in 21 days you can get your credit cleaned up so you can actually get a loan or anything that's needed? By the mm-hmm. rescore period, we're looking at our funding sources um, to be able to get you whatever you need, whether it be a car or a house or a business or you know money for those endeavors, operating capital, whatever it is that you're looking to do. By the second month, we're already, our blueprint for success is built in so that we, we've addressed the credit. Now we go to plan B. All right, what's the next step? And that's why John is such an integral piece of this because he comes with years of experience in what's called Six Sigma and he's a black belt in that. And, and John Not will, the black belt I'm used to. So, yeah. Every time somebody hears that, they do that little karate sign with me. I'm like, no, I, I can't fight. I'm just not good at it. No. Um, yeah, Six Sigma, it, it's really an interesting field. If, if you're not in it, you probably don't get it. And if you're in it, you're probably a real geek uh, like me. And it, it was built originally for the manufacturing industry. So it's this concept where you're working with machines and you're turning out ball bearings as an example and all those ball bearings have got to be the same and your machines vary over time because they move and they manipulate and so they've got all of these tools that they use to gauge the repeatability and reproducibility of machinery so the concept was really kind of born into the service industry through uh, GE as an example they really brought Six Sigma to the field of service and, and in 2004 Uh, I worked with the CEO of Xerox, and we co-authored an article on bringing Six Sigma into the service industry. It's this set of tools that fit very well in Toyota production systems and manufacturing. And when we brought them into the service industry, the difference is that you're dealing with people, you're not dealing with machines all of a sudden. So there's a whole different variable there. Uh, So it's a a set of tools that uh, allow you to define, measure, analyze, improve, and control processes inside a system. It allows you to design processes and fit them together to create a system. And the goal in the service world is that if we can create a better process that has no bottlenecks, no non-value add steps, easy to follow, makes sense, people are probably going to be more successful. And then there's the measurement side to this whole thing. Um, That's the geeky side, uh, all of the statistical tools. Uh, So I'm studying parametric and non-parametric statistics, uh, theories of normalcy and data. Uh, I'm the guy that sits in the back room and and you give me numbers and it's like Play-Doh to me. I love telling a story with the numbers. And if I can get those numbers and that data to tell me the right story, I can make better decisions. So I use some very high-powered tools to do that. Uh, And it fits into our world really nice because, you know, when I create things like a service delivery model, which takes all of our suppliers, our inputs, our process, our outputs, and our customer, and if I can design that end-to-end, I can now make you very intelligent about your business. Uh, You're very smart about how it works and how it intermingles and how it commingles with the supplier world and your customer world. Uh, So, you know, it's a great set of tools and and, uh, it gives us an edge that you will not find in other companies, uh, especially when it fits into the credit and finance world, uh, because it allows us to not only help people with their credit and with their finance, 
we go into these companies that are trying to get off the ground and we help them succeed through building the model that can be repeatable, reproducible, and scalable. So you did mention um, win the hearts and win the market. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, it's a softer side of what Jimmy was talking about. Um, you know, I, I love Jimmy's heart. Uh, that's one of the reasons that I got together with him and we decided to work together. It, it never fails. And Jimmy will back me up on this. On a weekly basis, we have somebody crying in our office. Um, and I see that and it breaks my heart because people are living inside a system that they can't control when it comes to credit and finance. In 2008, everybody took a hit. And, and I say everybody, that's a pretty generalized statement, but a lot of people took a really hard hit and they couldn't control what was happening. You know, the debt that was sold off as, as you know, quad A debt or AAA debt and came back as nasty and then we had to cover for it and, and we just got in all of this trouble in, in our housing and our finance. And, you know, I've just heard people come into the office and say, gosh, I just never recovered from that. You know, and I don't know how to. I've got a bankruptcy. I've got this. I've got this on my credit report. I've got too many inquiries. I, my score's down here. And what's interesting is that they're really not always talking about their scores. They're talking about their dreams, you know, what they want to accomplish and what they want to do. And our goal is not to go out and just educate people in the credit and finance world. It's to really kind of figure out what is it you want to do with your life. You know, what are your dreams? What are your aspirations? Uh, if you were going to start a business, how did you come up with that? Why is that the right idea for you? And then how can we fit into that model for you? Because we'll do you ever you let people there. know like that's a that's a terrible idea? <laughs> like, oh yeah, oh, oh okay. absolutely. I, I would be amiss if I didn't. You know, I yeah. yeah like, I, we don't need socks for kittens. Oh man, like, you know, it's just I don't not know. That's actually off. that's actually a big market. Um, no, okay, that's not a big market. I don't think but I'm it's not my in dream. it though. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, honestly, uh, I'm I'm the guy that you know I'm a really nice guy, but I'm also a very uh, staunch businessman. And so when I sit across the table. Um, I'm the reason my kids never went on American Idol because I told them they can't sing. You know, I wasn't the parent that said, oh, you're really good. Why don't you go do that? And then they get massacred on TV. Uh, I wouldn't do that to someone. I want to make sure that we vet the idea and we understand the market and we understand what they're going to do. Because now I've cleaned up my credit. I'm now going to be a business owner. I've gotten this massive loan and I have all this money at my fingertips. Man, I don't want you back in here in a year, you know, telling me that it all fell apart. So what can I do to help you get there? So... Am I understanding that winning the heart is like just honest talking, like really getting to what the base of their dream is about and yeah. really getting to something that's viable in the future? Yeah, it is. It, it's about the fact that financial uh, financial health and well-being never ends. So it doesn't end once you walk out of our office. Um, you go away and get your credit clean and you get a loan. There's still more to be done. I mean, we've got about 13 different components in our business where we manage the uh, financial health and wealth and well-being of individuals. So we know that if we do things right the first time with people and we solidify their dreams and ideas in their own mind, and we become very explicit about what they need to accomplish and how to get there, they're going to come back and we're going to continue to work with them and we're going to win their heart. And we know if we win their heart, we're going to win the market. Because uh, market share is one thing, wallet share is another. Uh, when we start talking about the deepening of, of wallet share, I now have you, so I've secured a piece of the market. How can I get you to continue to work with me? So I've got to add value in being able to do that. I win your heart, you're going to keep coming back. And uh, that's, that's the way we win the market. So once you've cleaned their record or their credit, mm -hmm. and they have a viable business, mm -hmm. what's the next step after that? So we, we sit down and we actually do um, 
a, a needs analysis for the for the business. We we find out where the pain points are. Um, what are some of the things that this company is missing or needing so that we can start implementing some solutions, right? Um, everybody has a great concept or idea, and so we make sure that it gets put on paper, but then we start drawing out the blueprint of what the next steps are, right? So we, we got to look at, we look at all the, the liability aspects of the business, you know, where you're at with uh, insurance, with uh, licensing, with legalities, right? Your uh, tax structure and all the different things, the components that people don't really think about going in from from the outset, right? But if you don't have your, for example, your books set up correctly, um, you're going to be inter- intermingling or commingling funds, which is a big no-no in the in the business world. You Do you know? take on that piece as a bookkeeping yes, tool well, for them? Yes, we have that as part of our team. We have our accountants and our bookkeepers that handle that aspect. So envision in in an office the ability to you know, this go into this office and this one handles accounting and bookkeeping. Um, and then you go over here and we got the marketing. And then you go over here and we have our consultants that are Six Sigma that, that help set the, the actual system up. And then we got the, the credit guy, the insurance guy. You know, we have all the different components that as a business owner, when you sit down, can be very daunting as a, as a project. Say, oh my gosh, what do I got to do now? I, gotta, I need a website. I need business cards. I need, you know, marketing. <laughs> I need all these things. But then you haven't even looked at liability insurance. And then, yeah. oh my gosh, I, I just got a contract for $100,000. How am I going to, what, what do I do with the money? And how do I pay my taxes? And um, I, got, I need payroll. You know, I got to pay these people. How do I do it legally? How do I do it right? You know, people don't know what they don't know. Right. You know, it's, it's interesting. So we've taken, we've deconstructed, and this is a beautiful thing about what we do is we take something, we, we break it down like little kids with Legos, and then we get the blueprint. So how do we put this together so that it makes sense to the normal common Joe who's coming in as a contractor, right? And he gets paid a lot of money for building houses, right? But he he doesn't have a business. He's 1099. What's a 1099? How do you what, how do you pay your taxes as a 1099, right? So the, so a lot of that education goes in showing them the benefits of, of business ownership and then we go into classification, right? What's an S corp? What's a LLC? What's a C corp? Whatever it is for that business. This is a lot of stuff sometimes to throw at somebody all at once. So yeah. we don't do that. We, so you've done the work and you can actually guide them. I've had actually five businesses of my own. I've made some of these mistakes <laughs> over 20 years. I was the guy, the contractor. I was the guy that, you know, just got the loan and was like, you know, all right, let's go. Let's do this. And and I hired a bunch of, lost a lot of money in, in bad deals because I would hire companies that I didn't vet correctly. And so I was that guy, you know, that went through a lot of bad joint venture partnerships. I went through my own, you know, bankruptcy and had to, you know, figure out um, how to go about getting back and doing it right. Um, so it took a while. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be... 43 years old on the 9th of February. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. For 20 years I've been I've been at this, you know. I um, started my business, my first business as a property management company in 2002. And, you know, but before then, um, I was managing a 5 million dollar or 9 million dollar branch for Citigroup, um, which was one of the biggest banks at the time when they were going through their merger in 98, and I learned a lot of things, but I also did it I was young and dumb and made a lot of ridiculous moves not looking back on it now 
Um, so I thought, well, what if we could be a mentor to other companies or people yeah. so they don't go through that learning curve so it doesn't take them 20 years to, to do it right, right? I mean, time you know goes quick. That's the only thing that we can't control, right? What's up? Sorry, I got, I'm here. I, got a, I got a, I know, go ahead. I've been storing all questions, so <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, okay. tag, you're it. <laughs> um, so what's one piece of advice you would have given your 20-year-old self that you look back now and you're mm. like, ah, oh, I can't believe I didn't. I, I would, if I could go back, I would, um, I would tell that person, seek and find as many people that that know more than you mm. and be open-minded to listening and taking notes and just be a, a student of, of the game. You don't have to master the, the job. Just be a student. Takes, I think, 10,000 hours mm. to be a master of anything, yeah. right? And mm -hmm. you need to be able to be open-minded and willing to take Crit uh, criticism and be able to learn from that because mm. it's a lot cheaper <laughs> to do it that way <laughs> yeah. and be humble about it um, than to make the mistakes because of your ego. My ego as a young man was I can do this, yeah. you know, uh, and and that that wasn't the right path. Yeah. yeah. So I, that would be my number one um, tip for anybody, and it doesn't matter what age or when you get started. Um, I say. You know, reach out. There's, there's, um, Score. Score is a, a oh, company yeah. that's, yeah. A, you know, a nonprofit that you know has retired CEOs that will help you and just sit down with you and talk to you about some ideas and, and ways to get things done. There's, um, there's chambers, you know, that you can join. That there are a lot of knowledgeable people. There's, I'm part of the BNI group in the East Valley, which is Business Network International, which is a great group of individuals that have a, a model called Givers Gain. And all we're doing is giving advice and helping others in the business community to, to be able to, to shorten that that uh, time frame and, and not make so many mistakes so we can help everybody out. So there's a lot of different ways to be able to get that. And then you got the Internet, too. You know, you got social media and you got a lot of different ways to get information. So utilize those tools. You both have had businesses, yes? Yes. Besides this mm -hmm. one. So for both of you, what was your up to this point and not the current business, we'll exclude the current business. Mm -hmm. uh, what was your favorite business? <clears throat> um, Failure or success? Uh, you know what, I, I have to be careful here. I've been in the corporate world for almost 27 years prior to coming here. I, I've owned my own consultation business a couple of times. Uh, a few years back, I bought a CBD company, a lab mm. here in Ahwatukee, and uh, I had that lab for quite a while, and uh, then sold it off. And I, I've always had decent success in business, but in the corporate world is where I really kind of became the rock star of me and who I was. Um, my funnest job was probably with Intuit. I managed five of their sales divisions for about seven years. Uh, that's where I studied and became a black belt. Um, mm -hmm. And I got to work with people like Tom Pizdek, uh, you know, the grandfather of Six Sigma. He has written over 56 books on Six Sigma. And, and, and I got exposed to Steve Bennett and, and you know, the CEO of Intuit constantly. And, and just I got to work with people that were brilliant. Mm -hmm. and, and I think at that point, I came to realize that it was okay to to be smart and to be different. Uh, you know, and used to, I didn't think in those terms. I mm -hmm. used to think that, you know, I was, I was the same as everybody else. But I realized everybody has their own talents and their mm -hmm. own skills. 
And so that was a real learning period for me and a real opportunity to grow, which, you know, led me uh, into where I'm at today. Do you look at everything in Six Sigma, like grocery shopping? Oh, it's crazy. And, you don't even know. You know, yeah. like you're like sock drawers <laughs> and closets. Uh, and yeah, everything. yeah. Kind I, of I, like, all right, I've got to resource this out. Yeah. Where's my Gantt chart? Yeah, yeah. What are the what are the uh, number of red lights I'm going to hit on average <laughs> yeah. as I go into the office? And how do I plot that? And is my data normal? Do I have to transform it? Yeah, I go through all of that. Yeah, it's it's there every day. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny you ask that question because it really does. It permeates your world once you change. I mean, I went into, we had to be invited into the program uh, to actually become certified. It took over a year, and then the test was closed book, four and a half hours of just some of the ugliest statistic ever. If you went in my bedroom, uh, it was just all paper on the walls, and I created my own data sets, and and I wrote everything out because it wasn't enough to know the formulas or to use a tool. I needed to know how it worked, Mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, it uh, it really got inside me, and it permeated all of my thinking. That's very cool, though. He, he reminds me of um, of Russell Crowe in A Beautiful Mind. <laughs> oh, I can mean, just imagine him. The like, beginning man, part. You're crazy. The beginning yeah. part Thank where you, it's the beginning fun, part. the statistical let's, where he, let's stick to that. he does the bar thing and who's going to go home with the girl. That yeah, part yeah, thank you. Yeah, let's yeah. do that. Exactly yeah. what I meant. <laughs> so, Jimmy, what was, what's your favorite business been? Uh, you know what? Um, there was a period from 2002 to about 2009 where it was really fun. I had a lot of fun in the mortgage industry. I was um, doing wholesale and retail, and, and I had my family working for me. And um, I was, it was like, it was like watching the Wolf of Wall Street, you know, where, where this guy's taking again the fun part, the fun yeah. part, the fun the part. Fun part. Not where you're. But um, but honestly, even though that was the fun part, there was a lot of things that I didn't know. Mm. And I think right now, um, I'm I'm starting to get the fun part mm. and. I'm starting to see it from a different angle mm-hmm. of maturity, mm-hmm. right? Where I'm, business maturity, where mm-hmm. I'm starting to to get them around the right people, and um, starting to see kind of like maybe if that was the baby, mm-hmm. you know, then this mm-hmm. is the baby now mm-hmm. becoming a man, yeah. you know, and seeing it actually do the things that it was meant to do in that original vision, mm-hmm. because the vision never changed; it just morphed, and yeah. and, and we took some of the the negatives and turned them around and. You know, when I lost everything, I didn't know, like, that my my wife was like, just go to the bank, get a job. You know, like, that that was, I, I got, I worked for all the major banks, yeah. right? And I underwrote, made some really good money in that in that world, but that wasn't my passion. Right. right? My passion was to build something and help people, right? And when I was behind, you know, the, the, the bank, I, I was very limited in what I could do in that in that foray so i said there's got to be a better way it's not just about making x amount of money it's about how many lives can i change and how can be how can i feel like i want to go to work every day right it's not just pushing paper for for that sake you know i could do that too but i had i had to find something that that would make sense and uh, you don't go through that many years of putting together a business to just let it go and be like okay i'm gonna go work for somebody uh, it's really difficult when you're a type a personality and you're an entrepreneur at, at heart to just put that monster away and you know go do your nine to five mm-hmm. it just you go you'll go crazy mm-hmm. and and i almost did and um you know that's the beautiful thing about america and where we're at and what we're doing is that anybody has the opportunity given the right set of tools with the right mindset and mentorship to be able to be a success um and success is measured in different ways for different people right Mm -hmm. um when you've gone through having a lot to having nothing um 
then you find different ways of what success really means to you. And that's what it is for me. Mm. It's not measured by money anymore. It's measured by some of the things that we can do um, and how we can help other people. And that part in the helping other people has come around. The reciprocity that comes with that is huge. And, and I feel so much gratitude because it makes my life stronger. Mm-hmm. I have more vision and more power every day when I get somebody sits in our office crying because they're at their wits and not knowing what to do. And me and him can look at each other, meaning him, meaning John, can look at each other and know exactly how we're going to help that person. Mm-hmm. And nothing has to do with money at that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, So that's the type of stuff we're doing right now that's really exciting and what kind of motivates us and revs our engine every day. Yeah. Nice. You mentioned helping others, like in the community. What is something that you're actually doing to give back? Well, um, one of the things we're, we've been talking about is um, we're actually going to Vegas uh, for five days this week. we got a, another company that I've um, known the owners for uh, quite a bit of time, and they, ha- they have what's called the Next Level Business Concepts Group. And inside that Next Level Business Concepts Group, um, there is a nonprofit that um, is going to be changing the dynamics of how we work with business owners. Um, We're looking at different ways to be able to um, help a business in a, in the nonprofit world to be able to to do a lot of the things that we've been talking about, um, but you know taking all those um, platforms and ideas and visions and concepts and being able to put it together um, to help business owners um, that don't have a lot of resources, mm-hmm. right? So that they can come to us, and we will have a fund to be able to manage a lot of the costs that go behind these startups and you know or established businesses. Um, where they'll be able to apply, you know, for our help, and we'll be able to help them to get some of these things done. Because everybody can say, well, you know, that's a great idea, but I don't have the money to get that going, right? Sometimes you don't need the money; you just need the right group of people that want to help you. And that's where we come in. And that's where I, I think there's a lot of lack in the business environment where it's always about money, 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 but there's not enough. There's so many great minds that work in, behind the scenes and what we do that it's like an, an attorney, right? When they go do pro bono, right? Why would an attorney do pro bono work when they can make 300 bucks an hour? Because there's there's a reason, right, for that. There's a need to help that community. So we figured we're no different than an attorney. You know, we work in a different industry, but we can charge just about as much. And, you know, that's not the goal. The goal is how do we help these? There's a lot of people that are in this this economy that can't afford some of those services, right? So we need to identify those companies and those people and be able to say, yes, we can help you and we want to help you. And, you know, this year we're going to hire four more me's and, uh, from the black belt world and master black belt world uh, because as a small business, you can't afford to just go out and get a black belt. I mean, they, you know, you're, you're going to pay 150 grand a year at the base to have somebody come in and do that. And as a small business, you don't have those funds. So as we start to give back, our goal is to take that concept of project management and Six Sigma and process excellence and business acumen and be able to marry that into companies that you know need that, that don't have that resource available to them. Because it's a resource that's valuable, they may not always know how to use it, but we do. And so we can go in and, and actually help individuals and businesses where maybe they wouldn't normally have an avenue. You mentioned the six-pack of the business. Is that <laughs> yeah. where... Um 
you work out or is it <laughs> yeah it's about getting your business in shape and having awesome business abs and uh, no business <laughs> abs oh my goodness <laughs> no uh, the six pack of business so I generated this concept and I and I just it's funny because I have no clue what else to call it so I just call it the six pack of business and people seem to remember it which is awesome but it, it's the concept of decision making the right way uh, in a business, when you have to make a decision, a lot of times as a leader or manager, you think in terms of maybe one area. So I need to focus on customer satisfaction or a customer process or sales or service or you think in those terms. But if you step up a level, every business has the components you need to think through, which are the operational, the financial and the relational sides of the business. And you have to think in terms of your customer, your employee and your shareholders. So every decision, when I teach this concept, every decision affects all of those areas, whether you think it does or not. And if you vet the questions that you have or the, the decisions that you're making about your business, about your market, about the industry you serve, about your processes, and you think through that six pack, it allows you to make very balanced and sound and calculated decisions in your business. And what's funny is it may be a little tough to learn how to do that in the beginning, but once I've taught this concept and people have started using it in their business, it changes the way that they think, uh, the way they make decisions, the way they view their world. Uh, so yeah, the six pack of business has always been kind of a big concept for me. I like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now I think it's interesting because I, I'm wondering too, I have kind of a two part question because mm -hmm. maybe, maybe a thought and then a question because <laughs> it is, you know, I don't know that a lot of people have that kind of intention behind decisions, right? I don't know uh -huh. that that's a, a practice that we are taught it's a little bit more uh, fly by the seat of your pants or opportunistic. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> do you run into, I mean, do you run into a lot of clients where they, they want to do it, but you know, tr kind of transitioning that mindset to a, a space of, you know, evaluate the decision. And if, if the number, if it doesn't look like it's a good decision, don't do it just cause you know, like how do you balance that, you know, intuition and get, especially with founders and entrepreneurs yeah. who, they're like, I don't really know why it's going to work, but my gut tells me it will. Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I, I tell everyone the same thing. I, uh, when you get into this world of how do I define my business and how do I make decisions and how do I think differently, there's a lot of work that goes into that. Mm -hmm. But you have to be able to balance that with your gut. You have to be able to balance that with your business knowledge and your experience. Mm -hmm. And if you leave one or the other off the table, your decision's probably not as balanced as mm. it is. Uh, you know, how am I going to enter the market? So do I want to go in with parity? Do I want to go in with disruption? Um, you know, am I just going to do the same as everybody else? Or am I going to have all of these value add delighters that are going to be involved? Um, so, you know, in, in my head, um, and it's scary, so you don't want to be in there sometimes. But, you know, I have all these models that are in there in these pictures. And so I think through the Cano model and I think through framing for success and I think through, um, you know, spatial reality and, and how you make decisions uh, with spatial concepts. And I know not everybody is going to grab that and love that because those are kind of my kids. You know, that's just who I am. Mm -hmm. But if I can help someone get to a point of thinking a little slower to go faster, mm -hmm. then I've done what I set out to do. Mm -hmm. uh, if I can help them make a decision in a better, more methodical way. Mm -hmm. But again, you can't sit around and wait for consensus and you can't wait for 100% of the data. You got to get what you need. You got to make that decision and you got to move. Be mm -hmm. a risk taker. If you're risk averse, you're probably going to miss it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good question. Thanks. Every now and again, I hit on one. Oh, that's silly. That's <laughs> funny. I liked that. That was good. <laughs> you mentioned something about the emotional leadership. Oh, yeah. Say, say more about that, because you talked a little bit about vulnerability, mm -hmm. connections. Yeah. Yeah. You know, years ago, I started to realize, I think when I was about 
when I was 26, and this is where it all stemmed from, um, I was, <laughs> I was uh, in a business and I had 850 employees and I was consulting with an Asian company. I was consulting with Sprint and I was a kid. You know, I thought I knew something, but I was just a kid. And I was sitting with all of these really high-powered people who knew business and knew finance and all of these things. And what, what I realized is that they were really emotionally detached. And, and that's okay. I understood that reasoning. But as I grew up and I got older, I started to realize that people follow people and people leave people. They don't always leave companies. And in that concept, I started to buy into this, con this idea that you can be an emotional leader and you can be vulnerable, but you can still be strong. Uh, you know, the old adage is, don't mistake my uh, kindness for weakness. And I love that adage because I, Jimmy and I, we choose to be kind every day. We choose to involve ourselves in people's lives. We choose to be mental voyeurs uh, and get involved with people and understand something below the surface. Uh, you know, so in, in that concept of being an emotional leader, when you have individuals that work with you, that work for you, that work around you, vulnerability and integrity all fit into being that person so it's okay to let people see that you're stressing about making a decision but don't be frustrated let's have passion you know they may look kind of the same but frustration stops you and passion drives you forward how do we find a solution and it's okay to be vulnerable and, and say man you know things are hard this is a big decision i'm trying to make and um you know let me tell you it's a little stressful and, and it's okay to involve other people in the thinking but at the end of the day you're still the leader you still have to make the decision you still have to walk forward mm. people want to follow someone for the most part and i used to think everybody wanted to be a leader but you know it's, it's not the reality some people like having a leader and they like to follow mm-hmm mm -hmm. Some so, people like directions. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's something about um, talking to somebody and being able to to see that, you know, you have to understand their personality and the psychology behind where they're at today. Not everybody that has a business should be a business owner. I'll be honest with you. There's some people yeah. that maybe are. Do you, do you break it to them like that? Uh -huh. Yes. <laughs> yep. But it's okay because they might have yeah. a great concept. They might, but they're technically better at doing the technical side than than the actual business part of the business. And the problem is everybody wants to control that side of the business. They want to control everything around that baby because if they give up a little bit of that control, they feel they're losing equity in their business or that they're giving up. Well, they watch too much Shark Tank and you know they don't <laughs> want to give up 2% of their business because it's going to destroy them. The reality is they're so engulfed in that business and wanting to control that business that they're losing that business anyways. So, you know, zero plus zero is still zero. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we have to be able to put that emotion aside and be and get very real real quick <laughs> yeah we call it the ugly baby concept if your baby's ugly we got to tell you your baby's ugly you know and sometimes you don't like to hear it but i gotta tell you you know that's just my responsibility i don't think you should ever tell anyone their baby no 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 <laughs> it's record. a concept it's just a concept <laughs> I think re re maybe you rename <laughs> i never liked that saying and i never liked the eat your own dog food saying i'm like can uh, you make it eat your own yeah. ice cream there are a couple, there are right, a couple business right. turns i'm like let's, that's soft let's call it I the like ugly that, yeah. ugly car the ugly car concept <laughs> John, you're not being an emotional leader right yeah, now. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, I'm sorry. You That's obviously don't side. have any women in the business I mean, right now, do you? My baby's beautiful, so I never have to worry about that. But no. Hey, I can say that because I was an ugly baby. My brother-in-law, 
<laughs> my brother-in-law, actually, when I was born, my mom said, oh, my gosh, he's so beautiful. And my brother-in-law said, that's the ugliest baby I've ever seen. So I think that's where it came from. Um, you know, yeah, it was funny. No, but I think there is, that, there is some truth in that, right? You have a good idea yeah. and you know how to execute. But there are things that are... Um, you know, the processes that go into place. And so just because you're a visionary doesn't mean you can actually put strategies in place or frameworks in place to to scale. Right. You know, that's an interesting <laughs> thought because one of the areas that I find people fail in a lot is the execution. There's a lot of people that can plan very effectively and they have a great idea mm. and they have a concept. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so I was working with a company just recently and the concept was around flight and getting people from one point to another. and. And mm. I was just like, you know, it, it's not a business until one person gets on the plane, you know, so don't think about it. it's a $25 million business down the road. How do you get one person mm -hmm. on a plane? That's all you need to do. Mm -hmm. And execution is key in those elements. And, you know, if you fail to plan and execute effectively, all you have is good plan. Right. Yeah. So actually some sales in hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I Makes mean, sense. I think. You know, I, I, and I think that's the other thing, too, uh, although I don't know, because, I mean, having done it myself. Um, yeah, there's a lot more to it Like you think you can just go out. You can stay pretty small and do mm -hmm. everything, mm -hmm. but it starts to be like it starts to become that thought of I know I, can, I know I can't do everything well, but I'm not sure how to find somebody who can do some of this stuff well. And how do I really leverage what my expertise is? And well, so it's interesting that thought that you have kind of this and that, that group. How does your group work? Like, do you is everybody a, like, is it a package? I, if, I, if I start working with you, I'm working with all of your team, or you're farming out pieces if I just need marketing? How does it work? That's a great question. Because Two. We Two, great <laughs> questions. Yes. Two in one day. No, I'm, I'm done. Today. I'm dropping the mic. I'm going <laughs> home having a... Best day ever. I think, I think what, makes <laughs> us, what, what makes us successful is the collaborative efforts that we put together. Um, we each consider, have our own... Like, we're masters of our domain in mm -hmm. certain areas, and we've learned not to try to be the master of everything, right? Because you can't. Um, so we have uh, made a very strategic plan in our business to have um, these people that we feel are going to collaborate with us to be able to help our clients, right? So we have, you know, the insurance agents, and we have the marketers, and we have all the different components of what we are talking about um, so that... It doesn't feel like you're still working with our company, right? The, the, everybody that, that we refer you to mm -hmm. is a part of our company in some fashion. They're either an affiliate, they're either a partner, they're something of the sorts, right? Mm -hmm. To be part of, of this movement, right? This next level business concepts group, right, is what we're talking about. Um, so when you come in and we're setting up this blueprint, at the end of the day, you want to feel that you're protecting everything that that we say we're going to do, that we're going to do. Now, does it matter if it's with XYZ company over here or XYZ company over here? As long as they're working with us and we're all on the same page on how we're going to execute, no different than when you're putting together a project to build a, a building and you got your plumbers and you got your carpenters and you got all these different people that put together this building. At the end of the day, the owner of that building is happy that the construction, the phases went through and everything got done on budget, on time, which we know that never really happens. But 
if you do it right, you can. <laughs> you try we'll to pretend. Get it. For the sake right, of right. analogy, we'll pretend. But I've, I've done it. I've done it. Under that, that's how we try to do things is, look, this is a construction, right? We call blue, We say blueprints very loosely. And in the typical sense, you see a blueprint, you got all these the schematics. But there's no difference in how we set up your business. We take it into that approach of like, here's your blueprint. These are the steps. These are the phases. And these are the players that are going to help you get from point A to point B to point C. Mm-hmm. So that's how we do it with our group. Um, and we, we let everybody shine and do their, you know, do their masterpiece, mm-hmm. and then we put it together. But so you're, with the client, are you staying in front of the client and then pulling other people in to help you with the blueprint piece? Yes. Or are you, are other, uh, is the client seeing your partners? No, they are seeing them. They're meeting with them. Yeah. Um, we have no problem in yeah. letting them know that, look, you know, we're going to, we're going to direct you to, you know, this person. Yeah. He's going to be working on your life insurance for that $150,000 policy, key man policy mm-hmm. that we need to get for you. We're going to work with, with, with this person. Mm-hmm. You know, right? here's where Jimmy shines. He has the this innate ability to bring people to the table. And I never really understood the value because in the corporate world, you, you have a position and you have to be at the table. Uh, but in Jimmy's world and his life, and what I learned from him is that you, you bring people to the table that you know have some type of a connection and then just let people talk. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how they all figure it out. You know, how does this play into my world? And, and they start to experience it rather than you telling them how to do it. Uh, so, you know, dude, you're awesome at that. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you got the check and yeah. I got cash. Yeah. <laughs> it went through. It went through. So you got the compliment today. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think that's a great idea. Do you use different, like, uh, do you use the same partners all the time, same insurance partners, or is it really you start, you have a kind of a group that you know you like to work with, and so just depending on personality or... No, that's a great question as well. Number three. Wow. I am on En Fuego. (laughs) En Fuego. Not on. She can't be stopped. Um, (laughs) What what I've done, I've... So I've, I've had my mortgage licenses, my real estate licenses, my insurance licenses. Um, I've been able to play in that arena for a long time to be able to vet um, a lot of companies and a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So um, in, in, in those realms and in, in my years <laughs> in working in that industry, I've, come, I've become friends with a lot of people that I felt very comfortable in how their ethics and how they do things. And, you know, personally, I've worked with them where I, be, I was the client. And I said, well... If, if I'm the client and I like this, this, and this, mm-hmm. why wouldn't some of my clients like this, this, and this? And so I started just thinking, you know, as not as um, because you know I could close that life insurance deal myself, right? Why wouldn't I? Sometimes it's better if I just bring this person in, and and now mm-hmm. their just whole focus is on helping my client in that sense, you know. And so I'm not having, I'm I'm passing the baton. I'm, and I'm helping my client probably better than if I did it myself. Right. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I was able to to get off the pedestal, say nope, let's do it this way. And and so now instead of being like this, where I'm, I'm pointing at myself, I'm opening it up, right? Mm-hmm. And so now I'm including other people. I'm helping their businesses, you know, as as, as entrepreneurs. Um, but at the end of the day, we're helping that client in a much better way than if it's just, oh, Jimmy Rail is going to do your insurance, he's going to do your, 
everything you know it's just not gonna work that way trust me i've tried it that, <laughs> that model the reason why it works now is because that model didn't work yeah. and it became mm -hmm. too selfish it became too much me and what i did was i was i was cutting my opportunities to help more people because mm -hmm. i was trying to do so much for one person that it was engulfing my time and completely Right. Mm -hmm. So now I can't, can't help 10 people. I can only help one person. I was making, you know, probably I was making a lot of money on one person right. instead of making a little bit over a lot. Right. And that's how I look at it now. It's just different frame, frame of mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what's the future ahead look like for the company and. Oh, me, me. I want to talk about yes, this. I like this one. It looks like you. you this I is my it. favorite. So I spend more time designing than anything. So I, I really am excited about it. So this week, uh, after we get through this week, we're going to announce our merger with this company uh, after we get back from Vegas. And uh, we will be opening our third office in Vegas. So we're looking at properties while we're out there. The concept is that we're great when it comes to credit. We're great when it comes to working with other financial needs that you have we need loan backing so that we can manage our own loan process mm. without having to broker out services. So we're marrying ourselves into an organization that's spectacular when it comes to the loan services industry. And we also have a third party that we're partnering with after that merger occurs, and they are a crypto exchange company. Mm. Uh, they actually manage all of these software. Crypto, well, and it goes <laughs> beyond crypto, though. This is the first software that actually has uh, a card included that you can put all of your accounts, all of your credit, everything that you have money in, and it goes to this card and you can actually liquidate in between accounts very easily. Not only that, you can exchange. Um, so anybody that is traveling, uh, for instance, going into another country and you need to do exchanges, you can do it there. If you're coming to this country and you're in Vegas, for instance, uh, we have uh, <laughs> machines all over Vegas where you can bring your card in and you can exchange for you know American dollars. You always need so, to go to exchange in Vegas, my friend. You're right, yeah. <laughs> but, but what's crazy is that the, there's so many benefits behind this company and some of the things that I haven't mentioned about them that we're going to be able to bring them into the world of credit and loans and actually uh, do the work ourselves versus having to broker out some of our services. Nice. Uh, so we're pretty excited about that. Yeah, it's a big change for us. And we're going after a lot of corporations now with our credit. So instead of just working with individuals in the local community, which we will continue to do, uh, we're going to places in the mortgage industry, the automobile lending industry, and even the credit industry and white boxing our services uh, so that we can bring individuals at a mass quantity mm -hmm. uh, through this credit service and the credit cleaning and the loan mm -hmm. process. Uh, so we're, we're hoping that we're going to go in, not hoping, we are, we're going to revolutionize the credit world. That's our goal. See, one of the things I, I take from my experience in the past as a loan officer, for example, in the mortgage world, was that I was excited to help as many people as I could. But at the end of the day, I would I would start cherry picking the ones that had really good credit because I knew those <laughs> were the ones <laughs> that right. were the easier done. ones that are going to get closed. Uh -huh. And everything else kind of went on the back burner, uh -huh. right? So what happens to these people, right? Well, without any guidance, these people kind of like fall off, uh -huh. and you because your pipeline is still growing with 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 the cherry picking part uh -huh. of it. So I, I thought, well, what if we could offer that service to bring to go to these mortgage companies and say, you know what, send us all your denials, right? There's a reason mm -hmm. why those got denied. For uh -huh. some reason, they just don't have the time to decipher through that uh -huh. information and data uh -huh. and really put a plan in place to help these people. But what if we could, in a span of three to four weeks, deliver back to the company, a mortgage company, uh -huh. let's say, 50% um, of those already done, ready to go, and now you just got yourself a, a new book of business, you yeah. know? 
it's a, it's a beautiful and dealerships and you know you can name it it's a pretty baby mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> that's right it's a pretty baby we'll wrap it up I like that. Some <laughs> pretty clothing and pretty baby. perfume no, i think that's great i think that's a fantastic yeah. mission yeah. for reals mm-hmm. so thanks you guys it was wonderful having yeah, you so. I, awesome. i'm always amazed how fast it goes i'm like oh I know. So much good information when you get rolling. Yeah. This was a lot. I appreciate you guys having us here. Absolutely. Well, we will put everything on the uh, site. So if you want to get a hold of uh, Jimmy and John. Jimmy Johns. Jimmy (laughs) (laughs) Johns. No, that's. No, no, no. no. (laughs) You'll you'll know how to get a hold of them. (laughs) At Jimmy Johns. (laughs) See you guys next week. Have a great week.